Today, we're getting acquainted with Dr. Nora El-Sadawi. She's a hematology oncologist and medical oncologist with Regional One Health Cancer Care, specializing in treating plasma cell disorders and related conditions. This is one-on-one with Regional One Health, your inside look at how we're building healthier tomorrows for our patients and our community. Join us as we get to know some of the individuals who help provide life-saving, life-changing care for our community. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Hi, Dr. Elsa Dowie. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you. So first, where are you originally from and what first inspired your pursuit of medicine and treating blood diseases in particular? I am from Cairo, Egypt, and what inspired me for treating cancer in general was around the time when I was finishing high school and going to med school. And we have med school right after high school back in Egypt. So this was the time when all the mothers in my family, so my mom, my aunts were all talking about breast cancer because that was the time they were getting their screening. So this was the first time I got interested in cancer and what is that and what can I do to help them. And then when I got into my first year of med school, we were studying pathology. I was, I got very interested in the biology of blood and uh, the science behind it and the science behind carcinogens and carcinogenesis. That's how I ended up with cancer and blood and blood cancers. And you mentioned that back in your native country, med school comes right after high school. That's quite a departure from the U.S., right? Yes. At 16, you got to decide what you're going to do with the rest of your life. (laughs) Wow. That's not too much pressure, huh? (laughs) Time to party, no? (laughs) (laughs) No time to party, you said. Gotcha. So I understand you earned your medical degree in Cairo and then later did your internal medicine residency in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So how about the difference between those two areas? Oh my God. So a lot. I'm a desert girl. I'm not a cold person, but Sioux Falls was a very nice small city. And I had a few years in between. So before I went to residency, I came to the U.S. and I first landed in Houston, Texas, and I shadowed a lot of the doctors in the lymphoma myeloma departments and the stem cell transplantation department and MD Anderson before I went ahead and started applying for research jobs. And then I was granted a research fellowship in the Kurtz Family Award and and research fellowship in Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. So after Houston, Texas, I went to Rochester, Minnesota, and I spent two years there doing my research studies. Then I went to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So it kept getting colder for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so you're obviously very well-traveled. What impact would you say being in those different parts of this country coming from another country? How has that impacted your experience as a doctor, would you say? I wouldn't say it impacted my experience as a doctor, but more as as a human being connecting to other human beings, getting to know the U.S. and the geography and the localities and how things are different. My first lesson is that just because I had pecan pie, in Houston, Texas, doesn't mean it's going to be good in South Dakota. So, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. You know, things like that, that every place has its own thing, has its own localities and culture and habits. It's the beauty of it all. It's the same as in my own country. 
where it's not a monolith. There are different places, different cultures, different colors to people and how they deal with each other and how they go to work and how they, what fun things they do. It broadened my horizons. Sure. That's great. So speaking of work, which you just mentioned, let's get back to that. We mentioned you treat plasma cell disorders. So what are some of the most common ones? So the most common one is actually MGUS or monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance. And plasma cell disorders come on a spectrum of diseases. They are basically when your plasma cell, which is the cell that makes the antibodies in your body, becomes older with you and then it starts acting funny. That comes on a spectrum of diseases. At one end of the spectrum, it just produces some extra proteins and you just have to watch it from one year to the next to make sure that it stays the same, doesn't do anything to you. And at the end of the spectrum, it reduces so much extra proteins and makes so many copies of itself that it becomes a cancer. And we call that multiple myeloma. And that needs treatment. All multiple myelomas are preceded by a state of MGUS as that disease progresses. However, not all MGUSes will progress into myeloma or the cancer. And then in the middle of that spectrum, there are plasma cell disorders where you have some activity, some extra protein. It is not cancer. The activity is not high enough to call it cancer. However, the protein is toxic to some of the organs that we have to treat it anyway. We can't just watch it. And the treatments are very much like how we treat the cancer itself, or we use the same drugs just in different intensities and order. And so I will treat all of that, all of those diseases on that spectrum. And whether it be cancer or not, if there is an abnormality there, is this something that only would show up on a blood test or are there symptoms that sometimes come along with it where a patient is noticing something on their own? So the benign state of it, it's only a protein in the blood not doing anything. This comes along in a blood test. You discover it incidentally or by screening, and the average percentage of it progressing to further diseases is about 1%, and that's the average among all risk categories, so about 1% per year. And that one does not have any symptoms, whereas the other diseases do have symptoms as the cause toxicities to your organs or other organ failures. And there are a lot of diseases on that spectrum, and they have different presentations. Now, you've been involved in establishing a new oncology service at Regional One Health. So what's that been like? It's been very exciting, very frustrating, very rewarding at the same time. But it gives me a lot of hope and excitement because Regional One did not have that service before we started. And now we have a full floor with a lot of patients that did not have that service before. We not only serve some of the patients of Memphis, we also serve people in East Arkansas and in North Mississippi. So having that available for those patients gives me great pride. I'm sure. And so for cancer patients and their families that are often scared and overwhelmed, how would you say you approach providing the support and compassion they need? It's a very delicate balance because you have to give hope, but also you cannot, it's a very fine line between hope and wishful thinking. And I try to be very honest with my patients from the get-go 
but at the same time, give them the hope of what can actually be achieved and put that in balance. You also have to extend grace to the patients and their families having all the emotions of grieving. That comes in many colors. It doesn't have to be just grieving death. It's grieving the diagnosis of cancer, the loss of life quality, having to see me and coming to the hospital or being admitted multiple times and losing that time of your life, that precious time between clinics and hospitals and doing procedures. You need to expand your horizons and have grace and acceptance and to manage all of that. Well, you mentioned it's a difficult balance between wanting to provide optimism and hope while at the same time being honest and realistic. Similarly, how difficult is the balance between being compassionate and empathetic, and yet you're dealing with this unlike the patient and their family on an ongoing basis? You see this all the time. How do you kind of separate personal feelings from professional duties, if you will, when you're trying to lend that support? It's hard to separate. And You learn not to let it affect your thinking. You have to be on your feet all the time. You become a master griever. I'm able to remember my patients with good memories and the good moments, the kind moments that we had together. A lot of people think that you separate, you push it out. You really don't. You just have to function within that. You have to develop the wisdom to realize that this is the way it is. This is the way of life. This is the natural progression of things. And get comfort in knowing that you did your best for your patients and they did their best trying to. Well, I would imagine hearing all that, that it can be quite an emotional roller coaster doing what you do. So let me ask you this. What about your free time outside of work? What do you do to unwind and enjoy yourself and be involved in other things? So it's starting to be beautiful here in uh, in Memphis, and I revel in the sun. I will get out and garden, even if it's for 30 minutes after 5.30 when I get back. I also, I used to paint, but I, I somehow I lost interest in it. So I picked up a new instrument to learn. I'm learning and I'm enjoying being very bad at it. What's that? It is called Dawood, and this is as popular as the guitar, but for the air part of the world. It looks like a guitar, but with a big belly. It's like half an almond shaped, and it makes the most beautiful sounds to me because that's the sound that I grew up with. So I'm trying to learn that with Skype lessons. And how do we spell that? O-U-D. And that's an instrument back in Egypt? It's in the Arab countries. So North Africa, the Levantine area, so Iraq, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, from Egypt to Morocco, you know, all the North African. So it's in the Arab-speaking countries, which is North Africa and Western Asia. Oh, that's great. And so when you're doing that, does it make you feel more in touch with your heritage? Right now, I'm extremely bad at it. I'm just trying to find the chords. <laughs> <laughs> You'll worry about getting in touch with heritage later. later. Maybe later and then get better. <laughs> and you said you're taking online courses in this, yes? Yes. Is there anything we can't take online courses for nowadays? <laughs> no, that's tremendous. And so finally, in, in summary, doctor, what would you say is most rewarding about your job. We talked about some of the difficult parts, but of course there are many times when you're giving a positive diagnosis and you're helping people to get out of a medical jam, if you will, simply put. So what's most rewarding for you about that at Regional One 
health cancer care? The most rewarding thing is the human connection that I develop with my patients. Because no matter what, if it's good news or it's bad news, you develop this very vulnerable, very true relationship with your patient and their families. It's a very precious thing, the doctor-patient relationship. It's a very precious category of human interaction because a person is basically entrusting you with their most vulnerable moments and you have to stay true to that and you have to give and exchange some sort of vulnerability as well for that to be comfortable and that is the most rewarding thing for me well it certainly sounds as though the patients at regional one health cancer care are very fortunate to have you folks it's been great getting acquainted with dr nora el sadawi doctor great to meet you and thanks so much again thank you And folks, for an appointment with Dr. Elsa Dowie, please call 901-515-HOPE. Again, that's 901-515-HOPE. And to learn more about Regional One Health Cancer Care, please visit regionalonehealth.org forward slash cancer hyphen care forward slash. Now, if you found this podcast helpful, please do share it on your social media and Thanks for making one-on-one with Regional One Health part of your journey to better health. Join us next time as we introduce you to another member of the Regional One Health family. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Wallace.